dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Today is Dokimos Olivia's episode, formerly known as Intern Olivia's episode. Um, she jumps on two days before she gets tonsured and gets her new name. So we are excited to find out what her new name is going to be. Her topic is Naked Saints. Um because this is supposedly something that her mother Natalia talk about all the time. And so we bring up uh, the, the, the place of nakedness in holiness, what that means, and the, uh, the fact that oftentimes it is a return to paradise, a return to Eden, and the nakedness of that shame, but also our current need to cover and the gift of God in that gift, but also the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Um, we also find out that real sins happen in monasteries and only childish sins out here in the world. If you are a hashtag banter hater, uh, feel free to jump forward at the end of this recording to 7 minutes and 26 seconds. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory, Glory to him forever. forever Sister Synclectica. Welcome. <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be real weird if uh, if that ends up being her name. <laughs> oh, I, I have. That would be weird. I have a whole list of female saints pulled over my phone, so I'm going to call her something different every single time I talk about <laughs> oh, man. Sister Chrissy of Rome and others. <laughs> I like, I like oh, no, no, I stored it on the podcast. <laughs> And you just got so loud. Right. We uh, we're just gonna take our volume down. Oh, How about just we'll call um, you we'll call you sister and companions. Because like sister and companions. There's yeah, so many saints days that are and companions. That would be great. I'll answer the phone and I'll say, "Christ the Bridegroom Monastery." This is sister and companion. And, compa- and sister and companions. Um, and not and. The, uh, well, are you gonna be this Sister Anne? Bring up an- you only be Sister Anne. She's not. Stop, she's not even sharing. Stop. Her, Can you just stop? Stop all of the guesses. Stop it. Um, <laughs> the it does bring up an interesting point, though. I've been wondering this: of what are we going to title this episode? Because it would normally we would say like with Mother Cecilia or something. Mm-hmm. And so, so background for those who are utterly confused: we're uh, <laughs> we're here with now Olivia, Dokimos Olivia, intern Olivia, who will. In two days, is it Saturday or mm-hmm. Sunday? Sunday. So in two days, we'll be uh, we'll get a new name. <laughs> hey, I would have been. You don't there. even know. I was supposed to be there, so it really would not have mattered. I would have just gone with the flow, and <laughs> he would have. Um, he would have just. So. Yeah. Um, the, the so so this is my point: is can we call it like with Docomos Olivia? Because by the time this is released, that won't be her name. But as she's recording it, she is Docomos Olivia. Mm-hmm. With the Rassifor nun formerly known as oh. It's a little wordy, but... There we go. <laughs> Good work. Um, as the person who formerly did the graphics for the podcast, how, do you, how would you feel about such a wordy title, Olivia? <laughs> I would be pretty upset. Yep. <laughs> It'd be a lot of work. So maybe we won't do that to Sarah, but maybe we'll... Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, if any of you listeners have a good idea, let us know, but it'll already be typed <laughs> by then, so that's not <laughs> <already> <laughs> <her> <laughs> <name>. We're not <laughs> quite we, that we'll outside of space this. and time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to see you. I was, I was actually going to try to call you, Olivia, and just weep into the phone that I couldn't mm-hmm. be there um, because <laughs> Satan made me sick. Um, but then I remembered that we're doing this, so amen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that Sister yeah, Euthalia of Syria. <laughs> oh gosh. This is gonna be a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> there's only like there's only according to this website, I can only do this. Wow. There's like multiple every day. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's got to be at least like maybe a quarter of the days of the year, but this is like, yeah, deep dive. Like every day there's like two or three. Is it like, so it's like the prologue of Ocrid, but just yeah, the women? It's just a list. Oh. Wow. Sister icon <laughs> of the Theotokos of Maria Poch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How I'll do stop. you know I didn't this submit is, that? <laughs> yeah. What if you book. accidentally say the right one? That's, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm going to just go through them all. She so might have submitted Icon of the Dance Focus of Maria Poach. You don't even know if I submitted Female Saints, though. I don't. True. So, oh, great. Now, now I got to Google. It might just be feminized Byzantine versions Saints, of male period. saints. Um, the, yeah, because actually only. Only, only one of us is named yeah. after, so far, only one of us is named after a female. Sister Jesus Christ on Theophany. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Thank you. Oh. Have you had coffee? You get weirder when you don't have coffee. I'm drinking it right now. Okay. <clears throat> That's good. Although it's like, it um, dehydrates me and my, my illness and my herniated disc. Neither of them like dehydration, so I'm drinking water too. Oh, good. Um, I'm gonna stop I made talking now because it's your it's your topic, Olivia. And I'm talking too much. I'm, I drank a latte or something like that. Yeah, it was a latte uh, while I was on Pints with Aquinas. A latte. What? It was like what? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you understand it? Olivia? No. Okay. Um, so I drink, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, <laughs> um, I. Anyways, the dairy in the latte while recording was a really bad idea, and I kept having to clear my throat the entire time mm-hmm. I was recording with him, and it was really embarrassing. That's the whole story. So, by the way, do you remember when Remember when we couldn't record with Matt this weekend because he was in Rome? Yes. He's in Rome because, I forget the guy's name, Cameron something is like a huge um, Protestant. Batuzzi. Is that it? Yeah. And anyway, mm-hmm. so they're there to they're there to record. I knew like, something you didn't know. Oh, did he tell you That's who's doing cool. that? Then why? No, you tell I just me? mean I knew the name. Oh, the, okay. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, no, um, that's not what I meant. That um, speaking of very cool things of holy people, um, yeah. I, I just found out that um, I just found out. So I saw like on the news feed just. Um, a bunch of, you know, random articles or whatever. And I saw a picture of a friend of mine who I went on pilgrimage with. She actually led the pilgrimage that I took to Ireland. And I was like, why is her picture on the, the news feed? Um, especially, so she passed away um, almost seven years ago now. And then I looked at the title of the article and it was something like, meet the three women U.S. bishops are considering for canonization. And I was like, what? Wow. Um, so anyways, I just... Yesterday she was, I think yesterday, she was named a servant of God. So um, please pray for and to Michelle. Um, That's so awesome. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is crazy. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, 
I, I saw that and I saw women that looked like they were like photos like they were taken yesterday. And I thought, wow, these are going to be modern saints. We Byzantines need more of those. Yeah. So it's cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's that. Um, Olivia, before you get started, can I say one quick thing about our last episode? Totally. Okay. Yeah. The So we our last episode was on surrender. And I realized that um, I really wanted to... There was there was a really really good um, example of this in scripture that I was like, why did I not think to share this in the episode? So I just want to tell people to go back and read the story of um, Saint Joseph of the Old Testament uh, because um, there's this like every time we get to this part of Exodus, and by Exodus I mean Genesis. Every time we get to this part of Genesis. during the great fast, um, I just weep as this story is being read. Specifically, um, so Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. Um, First, they are going to kill him. And then they're like, oh, might as well make a few bucks off of it. So they sell him into slavery. And then um, years later, many years later, uh, you can read the whole story in Genesis, um, somewhere around 43-ish, 43 to 45, something like that. Um, It ends in 45. But... uh, they, Joseph ends up like making really high ranks in Egypt. And most of you should probably know this story. And then when his brothers come, there's just this beautiful, beautiful um, encounter where he's like, uh, Joseph is saying to his brothers, um, you, you aren't the ones who brought me here. Mm. God brought me here. And he's just, it's very clear to him that like all of the good that has come because of, um, because God has brought good out of it. And there's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a great witness to surrender to the, um, the present moment. That's actually a really good example too. I was sharing with somebody the other day about just what it means to be a leader, especially if you like, if you move up within the hierarchy, um, and so, for instance, like we've had when, let me think, the, when I, I was ordained by now Metropolitan William Skirla, and he was a priest of the eparchy of Van Nuys at the time, now Phoenix. Of, he was a priest of the eparchy and I got made bishop of that eparchy. And it's very interesting when a man is kind of on a level with other, hierarchically on a level with his brother priest, and then all of a sudden he gets made the bishop, and now he has an authority over them. And it's there's obviously this happens within companies, it happens within families, happens in, in multiple ways. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how it works in families, I just said that without thinking too much about it. But um, the, uh, but it, when you become an, an authority, there's different different reactions I've seen from authorities. I, I was thinking about this because Father Francois, the Malachi speaking, Bishop Francois, so um, what... Some some people, when they take on a, an authoritative role in a company or in the church, uh, will become more merciful because they they now have control over something they didn't have control over, and so we can actually be more mad or seek revenge or or vengeance um, because we resent somebody. Like if, if we if we have no power to. We have no power to control a situation, and somebody else is really frustrating us. When, if we get invited or brought into that position of authority, and then all of a sudden we do have control now, it's interesting to see how leaders do they do they 
work through the resentment and and offer mercy because now they can in in a way that they don't feel insecure, they don't feel out of control. So now they have control. They actually move towards mercy, or do they move towards vengeance? Um, and I've seen both. I've seen I've seen men and women that move up in in the authority, in the hierarchy, in the company or the church, and they will immediately seek vengeance upon their enemies, if you will, and because now they can, or they will say, now that I can fix the wrongs, now that I can keep an eye on these things, now that I can work at, at healing the things that I think were broken, I'm going to do that through mercy. Um, and, it's, and it's not my place to judge because they, they're in that position that God facilitated at least, or God allowed at least, and so now he's, he's guiding them. Um, but anyway, it was, it was an interesting interesting thought about that situation. When Joseph is offered, when he can seek vengeance, um, he sees that now that he is in control, because he wasn't, he was sold into slavery, that's the opposite of control. When he was in control, he, he offers, immediately offers mercy because now he's, he's in a place where he can maybe have the freedom to offer mercy where he wasn't in the place earlier. Um, anyway, that's a whole other podcast or what we should have added to the next, the, if we had done two episodes of the previous one. So anyway, yes. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I had to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, would you like to introduce your topic? Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you, Father Michael, because yes. Mother Natalia already knows the topic. And so, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the question. Um, do you know any naked saints? Yes. <laughs> Mary yeah. of Egypt. Who are some of them? Um, and then there was the 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 bishop or the the monk who was trying to be dragged to be ordained a bishop, and uh, mm. and he stripped naked and started cursing so they wouldn't make him a bishop. <laughs> he just caused a scene. And then there is the um, the mother Natalia of Christ. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, um, that's yeah. what I was about to say. If they ever try to make me hug you, that's what <laughs> I don't think our listeners know that story. It's it's really it's not scandalous at all. Um, but it's just it's it's funny. <laughs> and mother's We're, giving this look just, like do not share it. You should have not even. She yeah, wasn't really stop. naked. Did she? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Just move on. Olivia, why do you ask the question? <laughs> well, I I was thinking, well, this was a few months ago. Mother Natalia and Mother Gabriella and I were on a hike on a Sunday afternoon, and we were talking about, um, like, each of us in the community coming on for episodes and, like, what we would talk about. And then I think it was Mother Natalia's idea, um, of, like, what naked saints are not. Um, <laughs> Which is something that, like, these saints are really important to me. And so, um, I don't know. It was just a fun fun thing. So, I was, I was trying to think of something that each nun is, like, it's very particular to them. Because part of the intention, right, is, um, I mean, obviously we still want the podcast, the episode, to have um, good content for the listeners. But uh, I also wanted it to be an opportunity for our listeners to... Um, kind of experience and get to know the other the other women that I live with because I talk about them enough that um, and I, so I was trying to think of something like particular to each nun and I was like Mother Gabriella and I talk about leisure a lot and um, Mother Eliana and I talk about suffering and Mother Cecilia and I talk about silence and Olivia and I talk about naked scenes <laughs> so uh, so yeah so this topic is chosen by you Mother Natalia and just because 
Or, or um, I just suggested, she, yeah, I just suggested something that Olivia, I was like, you can do it on anything. And I was like, I know this is something that you're interested in, so it could be on this. And she was nice. like, let's do it. <laughs> and then we had a whole conversation about like all sorts of different, um, you know, ideas for this. And this was months ago and I can't remember any of them, <laughs> but, um, but today they're, they're coming back. So great. Um, I think the two greatest are Adam and Eve. Are they in the list? Mm. Oh snap! That's where that's the beginning. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> when um, Mother Natalia was looking up um, ahead of this, the um, to I think to see the correct like chapters in mm-hmm. Genesis for the story of Joseph, and I wasn't sure what she was looking up, but then I saw like Potiphar. Uh, like just on the screen and I was like wait is that what you're looking for because Joseph like runs off like naked when they bring the woman to him right like and it's like Potiphar's wife and they're I mean, trying I to I think she only gets his outer cloak he's not naked oh. but yeah I think he should yeah, I don't know whatever I think he should be naked <laughs> and then um, and then Mark or the young man who ran off naked in the yeah. is he in the list anyway I'll stop throwing out names I don't know I don't have a list, oh, don't have a list. like this is just in my mind um but I mean, I have like a mental bank of like some naked saints, but that's it. <laughs> um, so, well, one that I'm thinking of right now was this, I, I don't know what his name was. Maybe it's like Spiridon or something like that. And soon after I entered the monastery, I think his feast must be in May sometime. And we were reading the prologue before Vespers. And it's this story where um, it's pretty simple. Like he didn't have anything and all he had was like a linen cloth to cover himself barely with. So he's not completely naked, but he, yeah. And then um, a gospel book and someone came up to him and asked him like, who, who stripped you? And then he just pointed at the gospel book and Mm. said this. Um, And that really moved me right after I entered because there's like this, Stripping, and it's just like, why? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are you living the way that you're living? Um, and then he like points at the gospel. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. Sorry, I'm going to keep on muting because Lupe's mowing the lawn outside my window. <laughs> Every time he passes by <laughs> on the loop, I'm like, I'll mute myself. Um, it, it is interesting <laughs> to say what, like, the reasons for the nakedness. Obviously, Adam and Eve were naked because mm-hmm. of a beautiful reason. Um, Spiridon, if that was his name, was as well. Mary of Egypt was as well. There, there's a certain, there's the scriptures where where Jesus talks about not worrying, do not worry about what you're going to wear, eat or drink. You know, so many of the saints, mm-hmm. they 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 don't eat and they, 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 they eat very little, if anything, and they drink very little, if anything, and the same thing, they wear very little, if anything. And, and if, if that's done as a, as a freedom, if it's done as a gift, it kind of returned to Eden of Adam and Eve, uh, a nakedness without shame. That's obviously a really beautiful thing. Whereas those times, like the uh, the the man who you know ran away naked um, in the uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that some would say was was the rich young man who would have been Mark, um, according to some scholars, he would have run away like as a as a sign of like almost has like a forced piety, but it was a piety. Um, and then there's the man, you know, stripped. There's Jesus on the cross, of course, who was stripped as, as a, as a, as to become the new Adam, um, but also as as an attack. Um, obviously, something he did willingly. We talked about in the last podcast. But anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm going through this. I, I don't want to take your time, Olivia. <laughs> 
No, I, I am relying on you adding things here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but um, when you were talking about the return to paradise, and that reminded me of my, like, probably my favorite saint um, is one that you actually introduced me to, Father Michael, inadvertently, accidentally, <laughs> I don't know, um, is Saint Anufrius. And um, when I was on observership, um, we were talking and you were teasing me about like what my name would be or something. Um, and, uh, it was funny and I just remembered his name and, and then I was looking through a book in our library at the monastery a little while after on the desert fathers. And it's like seven early monastic lives or something. Um, and, and so then I was paging through it and I found Anufrius and I was like, well, let me like read about him and find, let's, let's see what this is all about. And, um, and then, uh, and so it's not just the story of Anufrius, but it's the story of like many ascetics in the desert and this guy named Paphnutius, which is a really great name. Maybe I'll be Sister Paphnutia. Um, <laughs> it says nude in there. <laughs> right really the terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I would have pronounced it Paphnutius, but I like Paphnutius better according to uh, this, oh, I the like topic it. of this podcast. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, so he, it's the story, he records his journey into the desert and he, um, he visits for the first, um, he finds a cave and like he, he's on this mission to find ascetics and to be um, like to learn from them and, and everything. And the first one he finds is actually has been like dead for a long time and it's just his remains and he like can't see that he's dead. He just sees like he like died sitting up and is like in this position and then he like goes and puts his hand on the guy and like he crumbles and um, in his hands and his habit like disintegrates and everything and he's like pretty, yeah, like whoa. Um, and then he journeys on and then he meets um this uh, monk, Timothy, who wasn't in his cell when Paphnutius, that's just how I say it. I'm just keeping it that way. I would say Paphnutius. Okay. I would totally say that. Do it. So when he arrives um, at the cell, he sees fresh footprints there, but he doesn't see the monk. And so he doesn't, he, he like waits and he looks around and goes inside, but then he hears a noise and he looks and there's this like, stampede of like antelopes and there's like timothy the monk like naked running with them and i'm just (laughs) like this is awesome like i don't know um and then and and so like kind of starts with like this like death and then there's like running naked with the antelopes and then um and then after that um his like journey continues and he like comes near death and everything, but then he's f- on the way and he journeys for like 17 days or something. And then he um, meets Anufrius, who his countenance is like fire. And he he thinks he's like a wild man at first and different accounts. I've read different uh, yeah versions of the story. And some say that he covered himself with leaves, but some say that he was naked. The Coptic version that I read said didn't mention any leaves um (laughs) but I don't know if those are just added for piety or not but um and so um I don't know but I just was really moved by his like 
he at this point he's like lived in the desert alone for 60 years and and I remember the story of Mary of Egypt too like and it all just kind of melds together in my mind of like her her long time in the desert and like how over time like the clothing just like slowly disintegrates like they probably didn't start out that way and it's just like this gradual um wearing away and like and just like how much I don't know, just like seeing that as an analogy um, in the spiritual life. And um, I don't know, as things progress. I, th- I think that is very much yeah. a, a truth in, in the freedom to not worry about those things anymore. So it's not like they, it's not like Mary of Egypt packed to go out across the Jordan, you know, and like, oh, I'm going to prepare her 40 years in the desert. No, of course she didn't. She went out there completely reliant upon God and completely reliant upon mm-hmm. um, the beauty of a life of penance. And so she went out there and and lived that life. And I, I, li- I like how you said that, Olivia. It's just, you know, that just happens. The, the the clothes that are that are organic, they just kind of fell, and that there was no there was no need for it anymore. You know, just like hair on the top of my head you know it just kind of it just kind of goes away um, <laughs> over time um, but 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 the uh, I, I think that that is a freedom a freedom from worry and and also there's something about you know as as we get old and even I mean people that really are ascetics the the idea is that their body is beautiful even though it's really not that attractive anymore you know people if, if they're literally just skin and bones and especially as, as someone gets older um, the nakedness that there's a certain sense of that there's not the same there's not the same sexuality in it and it becomes very obvious that 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 as the body phase the spirit you know needs to get stronger um and that's obviously a very important thing someone said to me one time um at Steubenville that there was this guy who was like in his 20s and he was he was very overly pious. Like he had obviously he was young and he he was overly pious and he would say like, you know, I I've prayed so hard that God keeps me pure that I think if if right now if if a naked girl went running by my window down the street, I would have like no sexual thoughts at all. And my roommate just goes, "Then there's something wrong with you." You know, in other words, like, like that doesn't mean you're properly ordered. Like you're in your twenties, and you see a girl in her twenties go running by naked. Like you're supposed to be moved. Like there, there's, there's supposed to be something there um, because nakedness is, is again, if if we there's a place where nakedness is beautiful, but there's still some engagement with it. And if someone's old and frail, that engagement changes. Of course, the 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 the. The sexual attraction is is not the same as if it's someone who's young for biological and spiritual reasons, um, but there there is something to say for for a a freedom from the need to be for the need to be always looking for food or drink or clothing or or you know company community um, you know sexual affirmation things like this that 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 nakedness if done well because i've heard of i've heard of multiple people that have tried to live like eden and they have their family live like nudists and and things like this and it i've never heard it end well ever it's, it's like that there there's there's an attempt and probably an overpiety to return to something that they see as a virtue um, but there's a place for nakedness when it comes to like the freedom from these things and there's a place um, for being clothed, obviously, um, like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and and that there there's a, a wisdom there to what that looks like and what that means. And I thought that was just so funny that he would say, 
you know, if if you're unmoved by a young naked woman running by, even if it's like just be moved to to cover her up, and you're like rejecting any sexual thoughts, that's beautiful too. But there there's still some awareness of our sexuality and our masculinity and femininity that needs to be engaged with in a beautiful way that can't just be rejected or denied outright because of some thoughts of over piety. Whereas this is the confusion that is the nuance that's always beautiful. Um, the the saints who ended up being naked because of freedom or piety or asceticism, that is obviously a good thing as well. Um, which makes me think that Olivia actually um, has um, been making a mistake as, like you're talking about these, as the clothing just falls away, then then these saints just like let that happen. And <laughs> I don't like, let it happen. You're wearing a skirt that right now has like, how many patches do you think are in that thing? We might be up to 20. Like, <laughs> This particular skirt just keeps getting more and more holes in it, and you just patch them up every like time. Even like, even last what's night. What's that about, Olivia? I have, like, two, three days left in this skirt, and and even last night I was patching it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> the contrast. Well, that's because God has not yet offered you the freedom to let that happen. And so, <laughs> obviously, we all right. agree you're doing the right thing. <laughs> Um, I, I want to go back to Mark, though, the story of St. Mark, because this is one of my favorite traditions, actually, that we And can have. you can you please explain it for those listening for the first time? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I want to, like, say that again. I want to share that okay. tradition. Okay, nice. Please. Um, yeah, that's all I mean. I don't want to go in ah. depth about it. I want to say what that tradition is, because it's so, it's, I love it so much. Um, so when we hear the story of the rich young man, um, we hear that... Um, Jesus says to him, you need to sell all that you have, give it to the poor, um, and then come and follow me. And then it says that he walked away sad, the rich young man, right? And every time I've heard that um, proclaimed and, and, and what's almost always preached about in the passage is the fact that the man went away sad. Um, but part of me my whole life, when I've heard that, thinks, well, but it doesn't say that he didn't come back. And it doesn't say that just because he was sad, he didn't do the things. And so that's always been hard for me. Um, and I feel bad for the, the rich young man. But then, several years ago, I heard this tradition um, in Mark's account of the rich young man. Um, it says that um, Jesus looking at him loved him. And so because of that, because of that line, the one of the traditions is that St. Mark, the, the evangelist, the writer of this gospel, um, was that rich young man because he knew by the very way in which he was looked at that he was loved. And so he mentions this part about Jesus looking at him, loved him. Um, and which if that is true, and that is St. Mark, um, then that means that the man did come back because he's a saint and he did come follow Jesus. And that's exciting. Uh, and it gives me a lot of hope because there are plenty of times that Jesus asks me to do things. Um, I'm getting to the nakedness in a moment, but there are plenty of times that Jesus asks me to do things and I am sad about it. And I might even say no, and I might even turn away, but then eventually I come around <laughs> and I do it. And um, so anyways, I think that there's something beautiful there of just, it wasn't because, you know, we hear other stories of, of disciples who are called 
Um, and it's just like immediately they got up and followed him. And, and obviously there's a beauty there as well, but this is a different kind of beauty um, and that we can relate to in a different way of like, it maybe wasn't immediate. It wasn't as, yeah. Um, so then uh, the, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when we hear about the, the man who um, runs away naked, um, I think it says that he had like just a loincloth or something like that. Um, the, uh, the same tradition, maybe not the same tradition, but one of the traditions also says that this man um, may have been St. Mark, uh, which the reason I love that is because if that is the case, this rich young man, when he did finally have this conversion of heart and and take seriously the words that the Lord has told him, it means he took them very seriously. When he when he when he took all that he had and sold it and gave the money to the poor, he sold everything. He got rid of everything, such that all he had left was this loincloth. <laughs> um, so uh, there's just like I just love that whole story because it's got the. Um, it portrays the difficulty sometimes in doing what the Lord is asking of us, um, but also the beauty and the freedom that comes from uh, from when we do answer that call. So. Yeah, it is a, uh, just for the Roman Catholics listening, it is a tradition that Mark was one of the 70 disciples. Um, so that's what, that's what Mother talked about, one of the 70 disciples. And obviously um, he, uh, he is in the scriptures in Acts of the Apostles and in um, Paul's writing as well, according to different translations. And then he, of course, wrote the Gospel mm-hmm. of Mark. But um, but yeah, as, even as one of the 70, he would have been um, more active in, even in Christ's time after the encounter um, mm-hmm. as, as going out. What, what, what part of one of the 70 that happened? Again, that's tradition. But anyway, so it, he would have obviously had a, a conversion and, and followed Christ, not only in writing the Gospel, but also in his, in his discipleship. So he's maybe my favorite naked saint. But I also really like, do you remember the story of Olivia? Because I don't remember the details of um, Elder Joseph. And um, <laughs> I was thinking about that today. And, oh, what's the other guy's name? I can't even think of his name. Um, Father Arsenius. Yes. Elder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elder okay. Joseph and Father Arsenius. And, yeah. uh, I think it was. I really like that one. That Well, there are two versions of it. There's, we have. Tell the better version. Because we're the more fun team, version. So the, yeah. <laughs> so, well, because, yeah, there, there's this book about Elder Joseph the Hesychast called My Elder Joseph the Hesychast. And it's written by his spiritual son. Um, Elder Ephraim. Elder Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And, but before reading that, I, um, read this like short version written on a typewriter like we have a copy of it and in a this like old folder so definitely I want to use that one (laughs) so it was a lot more fun and from what I remember of it so Elder Joseph and um, Elder Arsenius would walk around they lived on Mount Athos and they were like hermits and so they would walk around barefoot and when um some of the fathers, like on the holy mountain, like saw saw their barefoot prints around, and this rumor spread that like there are naked saints here, <laughs> but they were their like they wore habits and everything. They were just barefoot, um, and so then I think I don't know if I'm missing anything, but then I think all the well the the funny the funniest part of the story to me is I don't I think it was Father Arsenius because he was the one who was less. Um, 
intelligence of the two. <laughs> um, Father Arsenius like hears this rumor going around that there are naked saints on the island um, or on the on the mountain, and um, and so. The, he gets so excited, and he tells um, Elder Joseph, like, Elder Joseph, there are naked saints. We need to find them. And so they go with this group of monks who are, like, following the footprints and trying to track down the the saints, the naked saints. And then and then at some point, Elder Joseph and, and Father Arsenius realize, those are our footprints. <laughs> and it reminds me very yeah. much of, like, Winnie the Pooh and, like... Um, just walking around in circles following this uh these footprints that only to realize that it's their their same footprints and they've been walking around in circles yeah but, uh, just thought that was really great yeah. um oh man <clears throat> elder joseph i've talked about him before and i think i've recommended the book uh my elder joseph the hesychast but it's it's a really fun one mm-hmm. the other the other funny thing about um uh, did you did you have more naked saints that you wanted to mention before I get into? We can do whatever. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so, because the reason I I even think this is like a fun topic uh, is because there's I think we just get into our heads like this mold of what a saint is and what a saint should be um, and. And we just, like, can't even relate to that so oftentimes. And so the reason I like the story of these naked saints is um, because it's it's the, the same reason that I like the stories of um, the dendrites, you know, who who live in trees and the, um, the stylites who live on pillars. And the, um, you know, like any of them are, um, like... It's it's just this the the stories convey the stories convey that um, that uh, like each saint is unique and oftentimes even living this crazy life and doing these crazy things and these things that we wouldn't put into the box of what a saint is or what holiness is and um, so. The other thing about Elder Joseph that I think is really fun is he and Father Arsenius, uh, when we were reading this story as dinner reading one time, um, they get to this point of Father Arsenius and Elder Joseph take this vow, um, which we later found out is like an actual thing. Um, they took this this vow that they would only be like, so they would never be more than a certain distance away from each other. I don't remember what the mm-hmm. distance is, but um, in this vow, mm-hmm. and they would try to pursue the same kinds of, um, like if one of them did some sort of ascetic practice, the other was going to do the same one, and they were going to like journey along the monastic life together. And so <laughs> Mother Gabrielle and I, when we hear this story, <laughs> we we just like, one of us goes, wait. So they got monastic married, and then we just like look at each other. <laughs> Um, which Mother Gabrielle and I are not going to take that vow. Um, but we joke about it a lot. Um, so anyways, uh, it's just this, like, there are these fun stories that I feel like break the mold for us of what holiness is. Uh, and that's, that's what I like the most about them. Um, because like, I don't feel called to be a naked saint. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of freedom in that, but probably mother wouldn't go for it in our (laughs) monastery these days. Um, but uh, it does kind of give us the the freedom. You know, this is very much a thing in Eastern monasticism as well of, uh, like, we are all so unique. You go to Holy Resurrection Monastery and you see the same thing. Holy Transfiguration Monastery, same thing. Like, 
every monk, every nun is so utterly unique. And yet there is a common spirit in the monastery. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're each just doing our own thing, but we each are our own person. Um, Yeah. 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 Even when we were at a Holy Resurrection monastery recently and, um, and it was like our whole community was there and their whole community was home. And so, um, and I just kept trying in my mind to be like, okay, like, so like mother so-and-so is like the, the other version of father so-and-so. Oh, that's but it just, very funny. <laughs> it doesn't, like, they, but even there, like, yeah. no one, maybe there's similarities between some or, like, the roles that we play in community or whatever, different things, like personality traits, um, things we like. But, like, but there's just no, like, there's no, like, okay, this community has a, you know, mother so-and-so and this one has, like, the same yeah. thing. Like, and. That's um, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I very much have the humor of Father Isaac, but like the organization of like it's just it's right? totally it's, different. Yeah. yeah. It's fun to, th- I think about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to think about. Um, I had a thought. Father, um, it's gone. Father Nathan, sorry, as you think, Olivia. Um, Father Nathan once mm-hmm. said, uh, I think we were in some sort of a evangelization meeting or something, and he said that, uh, Sometimes monks and nuns. Just, I, I'm, I'm reflecting upon what you guys are saying about monastic life. When you have these, this situation of like, hey, there's there's naked saints like on Manathos. Like that wouldn't fly in the world. Like if you you would never say, oh, this this <laughs> this is a, a, a naked lay person. Like they go to the office totally naked. Like that just, <laughs> that, just that wouldn't work. And 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 in the world, there's no such thing as like a, a, some sort of a, a soul bond where you. Where you say like if some if some guy came home from work he's like hey honey I I have a soul bond to this woman at work you know like no that that, 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 that doesn't work like that, there are certain things that are idiosyncrasies that happen in monasteries that just don't make sense anywhere else and um, along with the good and the the in, engaging there's also Father Nathan once said I I don't know where he got this from I don't remember who he was quoting I'll ask him next time I talk to him if I remember but um, he uh, he was saying that the the monks would would go out into the world and go into the city and see just all this debauchery and you know they would they would see brothels and they would see gambling and drinking and and drug abuse and all these things happening in the cities all the things that they got away from to go to the monasteries but when they got back to the monasteries when they would i forget again what the quote was but when they would talk about sin they would say all the sins in the world are boring like even the devils are bored with all those mm-hmm. sins those sins are are so predictable. Those sins are so, so human on a very surface level. Like every human is prone to all the things that go along with the craziness of what's going on in the world right now. Um, but the the really interesting and deadly sins are happening in the monasteries. Like that that that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's where the real sin is happening. Not in the world. The devil knows this, but in the monasteries where pride and 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 things like this that that are that rear their ugly head even more at a deeper level that's actually more harmful to the soul, or at least they're more obvious because there's so much holiness and so much that the monasteries are the heart of the church that the devil's attacking there even more so. I'm I'm sure Father Nathan, because he frequents Holy Resurrection Monastery, I'm sure he got that from one of the monks there because he said something, Mm -hmm. this monk said something very similar to us while we were there. Um, He was talking about how he was talking about how he was he was saying to someone one time something about Las Vegas, uh, and he said, um, the person said to the monk, oh, you've been to Las Vegas? And he said, yeah. And he said, you know, Las Vegas, that's just, 
the that's the most innocent place in the world. Um, and uh, and the person's like, "What? What do you mean?" And the monk says, um, "Well, that's that's where all the that's where all the childish sin is. Those are all the things that like." Um, you give, you give some middle school boys, um, yeah. what did he, how did he put it? He says like, um, money or something like give middle school boys, um, as much money as they want and fake IDs or something. And like, that's what turns out to be Las Vegas. And, but, and he says, he says, you want to see real sin. You want to see real evil, go to the monastery. Yeah. And he said, you want to see backbiting and malice and envy and, um, and yeah, so that's, uh. Yeah, that's I did not just sell monasticism <laughs> well right there, but uh, yeah. uh, well, I, but I, like our our life though, no, our, please, our monastic life really, it like we have weird sins. Like um, I was just on retreat, and part of it was like going through all the sins of my life, like and um, and reflecting on those, and just like how twisted up and hidden some of them are, like. And and it's so complicated and everything. And the the kind of like radicality of that even like requires a radical answer. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's the naked saints or whatever. Like they're for me just like this image of just like whatever whatever it takes and like our vocation and and just God's will for us in any moment, like is is the medicine for what we need for our salvation. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and and God provides it all. Like, in the story of Onufrius, he ends up naked, and um, his hair's really long, so yeah, that kind of like, covers him, too. Yeah, I didn't even mention that part He's of the really prologue. hairy. He's really hairy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he— um, That's freedom but also, clothes. Like, you don't need clothes if you're that hairy. <laughs> freedom! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then— uh, this eventually he like suffers and suffers for years and then um this like date palm tree grows up or, or right by his cell like his his cave that he lives in and um and it provides exactly like 12 bunches of figs or not figs um dates every year and and that's like like god provides him with exactly what he needs the whole time and it's i don't know and and like for me in my monastic life, like I'm I'm living in a monastery. This is a really nice place to live. <laughs> All of my needs are taken care of, uh-huh. but interiorly, there's still this like, um, if I let myself even like to be in the desert, because um, we can like hide from all that and mm-hmm. everything, but just like to be in that place of radical need um, before the Father, and um, yeah, and. Yeah, like, do we even let him take care of us? <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amen. I was thinking it's, it's a good, I, I'll, I'll use this on my stewardship preaching. Um, you mentioned how how all your needs are taken care of, like on a lesser level, um, so am, our mind is a priest because I have other mm-hmm. things that I need to obviously spend my own money on, but I also get money um, in, a, in a salary. So, But the idea of the salary is is to make sure that I, I don't need to be laboring and taking time away from my people or from my prayer life. Um, but mm-hmm. I just thought how beautiful it is um, when we say, and we're, we, we're completely correct, you know, thank God for giving us this stability. 
Like thank God for giving us this ability to to have all of our needs met. It is God that does it. Um, but he obviously uses benefactors. He uses other people that support us, benefactors to the monastery, people that tie to the parish, um, things like this. So what an honor it is when we when we tithe or when, when we give money to a monastery or when we tithe through our parishes, because we're, we're, God is using us as an instrument, as stewards of what is his. And, and we can give the opportunity for people to, to have that freedom. You know, I, I want to give you money that, that allows you to not have to worry. Um, the state of California just gave, I think, I don't know how, but I don't, I don't know. It didn't have an amount on the thing, but I just received $350 from the state of California for being low income. Um, so they, they just sent out debit cards literally with money on them for people that were, were middle. I think the card literally says like um, middle income uh, debit card and, and mine, mine had $350 on it. And I didn't even know until I, until I, uh, <laughs> until I like called and, and registered the, uh, the card. But anyway, it was like those it was funny because I thought, you know, okay, there, there's a lot of people that are really struggling. So I'm, I'm going to keep very little of this $350 obviously for myself because I don't like, I, I, I live in such a weird situation, a unique situation for everybody else here living in California. Um, but it is so nice to be able to say, okay, I have $350 now that I can give, I can give away to those who, who actually may need it. And, and literally that is God's work because when I, when I give it to someone, they'll, they're probably going to say, thank you, Lord, for, for what you gave. Um, uh, oh, I have, sorry, I have somebody coming to the door right now. You're probably going to hear a ringing at the doorbell. Um, uh, that, you know, thank God for, for what, what he gave me. But if we're that instrument, what an incredible honor that is to be that instrument, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. thank God for that. Is there anything else you want to say, Olivia? Probably tomorrow there will be. But I'm a very slow processor. So. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, I know. And I was yeah. like, okay, oh, no. Father Michael, that is right. <laughs> well, good. Great topic, Olivia. Else? Thanks for going along with it. That's yeah. Um, do you want to uh, give our spiel, Olivia, before we do prayer intentions? Oh, I don't remember the spiel. <laughs> Make it up as he goes. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is the What God Is Not podcast. <laughs> I don't think that's ever been part of the spiel. <laughs> you can find it on anywhere podcasts are found. Mm-hmm. And you should um, give it some reviews, preferably nice ones. Um, wherever it is that you listen and um, you can follow us them it's not really me anymore it's sad <laughs> <laughs> the podcast on um, Facebook and Instagram and you can subscribe on YouTube and um, if you leave comments if you respond to our Instagram story that'd be really fun I don't get to do that at like run it anymore. Sorry, there are no more creepy photos. <laughs> um, but that's fun. Um, and then you can send an email to the podcast. I don't remember. What God is not podcast at gmail.com. Yep. 
Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? Um, our nonprofit website is Fotina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A.org. We have also a Patreon um, mm-hmm. that you can support us on. And uh, our podcast website is whatgodisnot.com. Uh, YouTube audio only. Goodreads. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. Oh, yeah. Goodreads. Goodreads mm-hmm. is a fun place. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's so much interaction that goes on there. I didn't even realize it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, if it exists, yeah. in when this comes out, you guys are unaware of the Twitter oh. drama. There's a lot of drama on Twitter. Twitter may not exist when this comes uh, out. Whoa, I, I, didn't I, know I think that. it will. Oh. But yeah, hmm. fun to follow. Um, wow, I don't think I yeah care. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know. the world is falling apart. Um, the animals are doing weird stuff. <laughs> For real, man. Um, that was a few months ago. The animals yeah. were really acting up, and Mother Natalia was a little was freaked like, out. <laughs> I was like, God, it's coming. The end of the world is coming. Um, so, awesome. Uh, mm, would you like to give your prayer intention first? Mm. Or do you want me to go first while you Can think you go about first? it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I already named Docomos Olivia as my prayer intention um, on a former episode, but... I'll say again, um, please pray for her. You know, we never actually announced on the podcast because it just didn't really ever make sense because we weren't yet talking about your tonsure. But um, Olivia, as she alluded to, no longer is on the media team. She doesn't do work for the podcast anymore. And that was primarily so that um, she could focus on her time as a Rasafor because there's, in your, especially in your first year as a Rasafor, there's like, um, a lot more strict guidelines as far as communication and the kinds of work that you do and things like that. And so it's to to have a really like intentional time of discernment and of stripping away metaphorically. And um, I'll be more clothed than I am now. <laughs> that's true. More clothing on the exterior, hopefully less on the interior. And uh, yeah, so pray for Olivia, especially in this next year of her discernment. Her name's not Olivia though, by the time you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So unless something happens and in the next two days, you're like deuces. <laughs> um, so obviously we'll, we'll update you all with her new name. I'm sure I'll, well, Beth will be at the tantra, so I'm sure she'll do some sort of story or something. Yeah, but. that'd be fun. So. Okay. Um, well, I guess just um, please pray for my family, uh, for my parents, Paul and Angela, and my brother, Andrew, and my sister, Elena. Um, and I'm excited to have lots of time with them um, this upcoming weekend, and then um, they'll come over for Thanksgiving. And um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, like, especially as I kind of leave them more fully um, by making this step in the monastery. Um, yeah, just pray for them. Father Michael. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray for, I'm going to repeat a prayer intention as well, only because when I was in Tortoni this morning, um, Natalia walked in, uh, one of the co-owners there, and she was she was wearing a mask. And it just, it really made me sad because her wearing a mask walking in, I know was not because of COVID, it was because of um, uh, her cancer treatments, uh, probably chemo. Um, and anyway, she's really trying to distract herself by going into work and things like this. Um, so anyway, pray for Natalia and all those who are suffering with cancer or any sort of ongoing illness, um, especially, obviously, this may be over piety, but but 
we need, to have faith, we need to have our basic needs met. And sometimes it's the it's situations like that where our Lord uses illness, of course, to bring about faith in us, in others. Um, but just pray that pray that her faith grows through this and also pray for healing, but just especially for God's will to be done. Um, I, you know, I can't even imagine how hard that is on her and her family, whatever this is going to end in. Hopefully it ends in complete healing, but um, but just pray, pray especially for healing, but also for the faith that comes along with anything. We know that's God's will. We don't know if healing her is God's will. We never will, but we do know that faith is God's will. So let's, let's pray that our prayers and our sacrifices may may help the faith of those who suffer with with illness, especially with cancer and especially Natalia. And for Natalia and um and anyone that you know that's struggling with cancer, feel free to um to uh pray f- through the intercession of of Michelle, the one that I was mentioning mm-hmm. earlier on this. Um cancer is one of the things that um people are praying healing from cancer, praying to her for. Um yes. She, uh, Michelle, um, they thought she had an ovarian cyst. And so when they went and did surgery to remove the cyst, they found that she actually had a really aggressive stage four um, GI cancer of some kind. And so um, they gave her two months to live. She ended up living a year. Uh, But she just like um, suffered so beautifully, so joyfully, um, and totally offered all of her suffering to the Lord um, and was, was a great witness, which is why she's now being considered for canonization. But so feel free to, to pray through Michelle's intercession for the healing of those with cancer, maybe especially for Natalia. Amen. So that's all I think. Um, It's good to be with you, Olivia, on one of your last days as Olivia. It's very fun. (laughs) Um, And, uh, Father Michael, good to see you even on a screen. So. Amen. Yeah, sorry I can't be here. I'll try to make it out there. ASAP, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly for mother, my own sake. Mother has basically put you under obedience to do so. so, so <laughs> you right. know, she told me She told me that today. I, I she, be as obedient yeah, so. as possible then. Absolutely. If I'm anywhere near there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That's why I made um, Just kidding. Father Michael's obedient. <laughs> um, sometimes. Okay. Uh, love you guys. Father, can you give us a blessing? Love you guys too. Thank you. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give all of you wisdom. May he give you a, a heart of discernment for when it comes to worry, what it means to worry, how it means to have freedom from even the most basic necessities of this life. May our Lord reveal to you the wisdom of the saints who have been able to discern and live lives of freedom, sometimes in very unique ways. May we call upon them for the unique ways that our Lord calls us to be saints and witnesses of his death and of his resurrection. May our Lord give you everything you need to build up his kingdom, to have happiness and joy in this world and the next, and therefore the salvation of your souls. May our Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you.